Wake up. It's the morning motivation with Brittany Daniel. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Hello, guys. Welcome back to the morning motivation. I'm your host, Brittany Daniel. We go live each and every weekday at 8 a.m. Eastern. So I hope you guys are well. I hope you guys are thriving and all of the above. Okay, so today we are continuing our series on foundation. We started this on Monday. Yesterday, we talked about obedience and we read a bunch about why it's so important to obey God. And it's not just about us. It's about generations to come, how to break generational curses and all of those things is what we talked about today. We are going to talk about how to know uh, Jesus's personality and basically the foundation of being a Christian pretty much. So we talked about a few things about wisdom and, and all of that and how to get there. Now we're going to just break down the relationship with Jesus Christ today and what we are really supposed to do. Or we always talk about what we're supposed to do, but just to give some foundational fundamental stuff at any time you have a question and anytime you are unsure or you want to chime into the conversation or you may have something else that you want to talk about, go ahead and leave it in the comments. The comments are always open. As long as you're respectful, they will be read. If you are a bot, you will get blocked. But if you disagree, it is okay. Every opinion uh, counts here and matters here. Uh, and you can open the conversation for dialogue. I will ask, because <laughs> we have one morning motivator that just always loves to get off topic. Uh, <laughs> well, as this kind of kind of stay on topic just a little bit, just a little bit. Uh, but if you do have a question, it's okay to go ahead and put in the comments and ask. And if this is your first time watching, go ahead and load up the comments and get your shout out. Let me know where you're watching from. I would love to know where you guys are watching from. I'm going to get a little swig. We're going to get our prayer on and get right into the comments. <clears throat> you can also watch later on Facebook, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch. Yeah. And uh, YouTube for sure. Be here on YouTube to be here on YouTube live so that you can be in the comments and you can be a part of the live conversation. And then you can also listen later on Spotify, Apple Music, and all of the above. Please leave a review. If you enjoy these, if you are a morning motivator that comes back on the podcast, uh, that, that even comes back on the live streams, you guys leave comments, leave reviews, uh, let the people know what you enjoy about the show. And if you have a uh, personal critique, then go ahead and, and email me. You ain't got to say it publicly. Just email me. <laughs> All right, you guys, let's get into it. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for today, waking us up today for another day and allowing us to fellowship through the Internet. I pray everybody listening gets a seat of peace. Help them understand who you have called them to be through purpose in your, um, and that as a walk in light of Jesus Christ, Lord. Please guide our steps at each and every turn. Let us turn away from sin as much as possible and let us do what is pleasing in your sight. In your darling son, Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. I was getting some revelation. Okay. Let's jump into the comments. Sorry, y'all. I know I. <laughs> some people, if you're first time watching me, like, why is she talking to herself? Other stuff be going on. <laughs> Other stuff goes on in my mind, in the spirit. Uh, so forgive me. I'm not crazy. I'm just, you know, field. Okay. As everyone should as well. Good morning, Cookie Monster. Good morning, L. Good morning, Chev. Good morning, Nana. Good morning, She Amber. Good morning, Brandy. Good morning, Destiny. Good morning, Shirley. Thank you for being here. Good morning, Diamond. Good, mor good morning, Sharnisa. Good morning, Shador. Good morning, Lacey. Good morning, such a lady. Good morning, Alexandria. Columbus, Georgia. I used to live in Columbus. Grand Rising, a glorious rising happy housewife. Good morning, Melon and Honey. Good morning, Norma. <laughs> what up, Rick? Thomas, good morning, BD and the crew. Yeah, shout out to all the morning motivators. Good morning, Queen. If you guys uh, see anybody coming in a little later, make sure that they feel welcome. Make sure that they get their shout out and say hello and welcome them in and all of the above. All right, you guys. So uh, like I said, if you have any questions, comments or concerns, go ahead and leave them in the chat and I will get to them as soon as I can. So let's talk about knowing the personality of Jesus. Now, Jesus, like I said before, and God will be intertwined in this conversation, but getting to know him as a Christian or getting to know him even before you 
say that you uh, you claim Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, right? It is very important to know the foundations of this relationship of calling yourself a Christian. And I want to say that the Christian name is not uh, always sought after. You know, people will say, well, I love God. I know Jesus, but I'm not a Christian. Um, which it breaks my heart because I understand why they feel the way they feel. I've been there. I, I used to feel the same way. And the only, to me, the only difference between Christianity and everything else is just that you accept Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. You honor the Bible as your biblical text or as your religious text. And uh, you try to live your life in the ways of Jesus Christ by studying him, seeing how he he spoke to people. Jesus was very sarcastic, by the way. If you if you read, <laughs> read Matthew. And when Jesus would talk in parables, sometimes he would get greasy with people. So don't think that people be thinking Jesus is like this. Oh, I'm just Jesus and I'm floating on a cloud and a donkey. No. <laughs> Jesus used to get a little greasy with folks. But just understanding who Jesus is, understanding the fundamentals of Christianity. And if we do them the right way, right? And there is a right way. If we do them the right way, not to say that we'll be perfect, not to say anybody is perfect. Um, but if we do them the right way, then our lives become more peaceful. I will say that on your journey of maybe uh, diving deeper, getting closer, understanding Jesus and God, uh, you will find yourself as you are changing, certain things do become a little harder. They do become a little bit more mentally challenging. Um, you'll feel yourself getting closer and being more fed. Good morning. But at the same time, at the same time, uh, sometimes you can hit a wall where you feel like this isn't it's not fun all the time. Let me just say that it's not fun all the time, but it's worth it. It's like going to the gym. Let's just say that when you're first getting introduced and even along your journey, while you're trying to get your body in shape, that is not all the time. It doesn't feel great all the time. Right. You get sore. You get tired. Uh, so even sometimes going to the gym feels like, oh, my gosh, I got to go to the gym. But the reward for doing that and keeping yourself healthy is so worth it. It's the same thing as being a Christian and getting into the word and learning God. There are going to be times where it's not going to be fun. There will be times where it doesn't feel like, you know, this isn't how I'm supposed to feel. That is very normal. I do want to say that to anybody that's out there struggling. That's like, hey, I'm supposed to be reborn. Why do I feel like this? This it's not fun all the time. And when you fast and 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 pray and Always remember it is a two-way relationship, just like the gym. You will get your results that you want in the gym by using the machines and doing a routine, and the machine will help you do the work. That's God, right? Look at God as the machine that will do the work, that will help you along the work. And God does do miracles. I will say that. And you can call on Jesus' name and things will happen and move. However, it is a two-way street relationship. You can't just be like, all right, if God wanted to happen, I'm just going to sit back. And just, you know, watch TV and it's going to happen. It's, it's, it's a two-way relationship. But I will say, uh, in the midst of your relationship, no matter what level you want, no matter what stage of your emotional maturity, we are all subject to hardships. We are all subject to mental hardships, uh, attack of the enemy. It will not feel like rainbows and sunshine every day, just like a regular relationship. I don't care how much you love your significant other. I don't care if you love the ground that they walk on and the sun rises and shines out of their behind. You will not like them every single day. It will not be a the best day of your life every single day in a personal relationship. Same thing happens when you are getting to know Jesus, when you're getting to know God. So that is normal. Don't deter. Don't walk away. Don't be like, well, see, this don't work. I might as well go back to doing what I used to do. No. <laughs> it is like any other thing in our lives. It does take work. It does take um it does take all of these things. Um, I don't know what this is. I'm sorry, Mr. Twitch person. Let's see. Uh, can we? I can't. For whatever reason, can't block them. But anyways. Um, yeah, people also say that they believe in God, but not being religious. And let's just break this. If anybody has it comes to you and asks you this question or wants to combat your religious beliefs, all it is is a set of rules that keeps you safe. Yes, they are restricting. We talked about this earlier this week. If you were, if anybody tuned in, it is a set of rules, but it's to keep you safe. It's never to harm you. Nothing that God ever asks you to do is for your 
demise. Everything he asks us to do is to keep us safe, keeps our hearts safe, keeps our money safe, keeps our mind safe, and keeps us away from doing the wrong things. People just don't like rules. But I will challenge that, that we follow rules in every other aspect of life. If you live in a, if you live in a, a homeowner's community that has HOA, you have to follow rules. If you live in a society like America or anywhere else, you can't just do what you want to do all the time. You can't just, I can't just take off my clothes and run down the street butt naked. You can in New York. You cannot everywhere. <laughs> you cannot everywhere else. That's a set of rules. If you go into another religion, another culture, there are a set of rules that you have to follow. People just don't like to follow rules. They don't want to feel like what they're doing is wrong and it's restricting. Nobody wants to be told that they're wrong. But, you know, if I go to, if I go to a strip club, there are rules in a strip club. You can't just do what you want to do in a strip club. So people like to pick and choose which rules they want to follow and which rules they don't. But all of the rules are for our, for our benefit. Okay, I'm going to read Shirley's comment and we're going to get into it. Uh, well, how is nice to way to handle it with people? Because I hear this a lot. Well, one, we're not supposed to. Um, we talked about this a few weeks ago for my morning motivators. We're not supposed to sit there and debate people about our religion. Jesus did not sit there arguing with folks about why and why not. The best thing to do is not be swayed by how God and Jesus has worked for you. I'll say that because people will tell you Jesus is evil. I've been told a whole lot of stuff, right? Never forget what he's done for you. And all you can do is say, hey, it works for me. I, I will pray for you. I, I wish you the best. But you know what? Because a lot of times when people are, are so ready to debate you, it's not because they want to be convinced. And I will say there have there are a lot of people that do know the Bible very well. They know scripture. They know um, they they know other religious beliefs. So nine times out of 10, if you are getting in a religious debate, right, if it's a heated one, especially uh they're not trying to, they're not trying you, they don't want you to convince them. They're trying everything in their power to prove why you're wrong. That's the first thing. Second thing is you'll know if somebody wants to be convinced that Jesus is real because they'll be willing to listen. They'll be willing to hear you out. They won't be just trying to like debunk everything that you're saying. And the Bible tells us in Proverbs, do not argue with fools. So if you find yourself, say if there's an exchange, right? So say if me and Shirley had an exchange of why we believe what we believe. After like exchange one or two and you see it's not really going anywhere and that person is really strong about what they have, what they believe in, it's time to bow out. You do not have to win that argument. Jesus did not argue with people. The disciples did not argue. They didn't go around saying, what y'all doing over there is wrong. Well, no, he did storm up in the church and turn some tables. So... <laughs> So, uh, yeah, he did a, he did one day on two times, but nine times out of 10, 10, Jesus was not trying to convince people. He was, he wasn't sitting there. He didn't even argue with the devil. He just gave some scripture to him and turned his back and walked away. So it is not really on us to convert anyone. We're supposed to tell people the good news as Christians. We're supposed to tell them what God has done to us. If they are hungry and thirsty for the knowledge like they're like, wait, wait, teach me more about this Jesus. Then we go ahead and proceed to teach and give scripture. Make sure you guys are giving scripture, not just, you know, well, I think this and I, no, 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 no. Give them scripture and um, point them in the right direction. You can send them sermons from YouTube. I like, I share sermons with you guys all the time and things like that. But we are not supposed to be up there like, well, my God said, no, 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 no. We're supposed to walk in the likeness of Jesus. If you don't believe, it is not my responsibility to make you believe or to turn another cheek or you know what I mean? All of that. We're supposed to just tell people about uh, God's goodness um, and all of that. Shirley says, no, I want to debate them, but sometimes it makes me feel so bad for them because they don't understand. We're not supposed to. I understand you want to debate because you believe strongly in what you feel. But to be honest, that's not Jesus-like. We're called to be in the likeness of God. God don't sit there and debate. He tells you to obey or not obey. And there's consequence. There's, you can get a, you can get goodness or you can get consequences. And all you can do is pray for them. You don't, you, you, we should, we should feel bad, be, but 
it is not our responsibility to push our religion on anybody else. That's why a lot of people, um, you know, we're not supposed to be up there pushing in, pushing in and pushing it. We're supposed to let them know what God has done for us. Tell them about the good news. Tell them that Jesus Christ is there. You know, it'd be great if they accepted him, but you have to accept Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. In order to get the favor of, of God and the kingdom of, of heaven, all that, you you were supposed to yourself, because you can't make anybody do this. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink, right? You can accept, you can, uh, excuse me, they're supposed to accept and believe for themselves. There's nothing that we can do except be in the be an example of, of Jesus Christ. And that is a very hard thing to do, right? It's very hard to walk in those shoes. However, be so, walk and do as so. When people see you, they see something different, right? Let your life be the example of Jesus. Don't, don't speak about Jesus and be, and I'm not talking about you, Shirley. I'm just saying in general. We can't speak about Jesus, right? And be all about God and then turn around and cuss people out <laughs> and then turn around and be mean and nasty. You know, a lot of people will stray away from religion and religious folks because they are so mean and nasty. We're not supposed to be in church like, mm, look what she got on. Look what they doing. Look what they, and then talking about folks and gossip and all of that stuff. And are we human? Yes. However, we are held to a higher standard because we know better, right? So what we're supposed to do is love thy neighbor as ourselves. When people don't get it, you just pray for them. I will be praying for you. I love you. I hope, you know, when you're in your time that hopefully God speaks to your heart and you see differently or you don't say anything at all. I love you and I'll be praying for you. That's it. We're not supposed to uh, walk around like we're holier than thou. We're not supposed to have our noses turned up to non-believers. That is not what we are called to do. Jesus did no such thing. But Jesus was available. And just let them know if you ever change your mind, I'm available to have those conversations. But we're not supposed to be in the streets debating. Even, you know how people evangelize from the corners and scream from the rooftops with the microphones about how God and G the Bible tells us we ain't supposed to do that. Read it for yourself. Uh, off the top, if I find it, I'll let you guys know what scripture that is. We are not supposed to do that. We're not supposed to be at the corner yelling at the top of our lungs um, and, and making people feel bad about themselves. That's not, that's not what we are called to do. I'm going to read a couple more comments uh, and then we'll get into today's topic. Shirley says, yes, I do pray for them and ask God to draw closer to them. Absolutely. I did the same thing, but I will tell you, God is a gentleman and the Holy Spirit cannot enter where it's not allowed. So you just keep praying for them. Hopefully God, you know, well, not God, but they change their heart because we are all free human beings and that they get closer. But God cannot enter and the Holy Spirit cannot enter where that it is not allowed. Uh, Shirley says, yes, I do pray for them and ask God to draw them. Yes. Jamila says, and pray that God softens their heart and that they have an encounter with him themselves. Absolutely. Especially if you're married, if you're married and your partner is a non-believer, if you're not married, you shouldn't be dating non-believers in my personal opinion. The Bible tells you that as well. Um, but if you are married and your person is not having the best, you know, uh, relationship, pray for them. Sometimes God will touch their heart and, and work them over time. You know, you're not supposed to leave them according to the according to the Bible, but God will work on their heart and soften them over time as long as you continue to pray and things like that. Maybe, maybe not. It's really still up to that person. Um, <clears throat> yeah, Cookie Monster says, just point them in the right direction and they will decide what to do. Absolutely. Yeah, we can't judge them. We can't judge anybody because it is not our job. Exactly. Pastor says, sometimes I'm just shocked at how many unbelievers there are in the world. But we shouldn't be shocked. If you read the Bible, you shouldn't be shocked at all. <laughs> God destroyed the entire world because people was wilding out. The entire world, but one person in his family. <laughs> and all the animals. And well, not even all the animals, some of them. Um, you know what I mean? So don't be shocked. And that's the thing is the closer you get to God and you read your word, you won't be shocked because there's a whole lot. But then we still, as people and as believers, we still can't feel like we're not two steps away from not getting his glory either. You know what I mean? That's why we're supposed to be on the straight and narrow. 
Don't think just because we, um, I believe in Jesus and I, you know, accept him, Lord Christ and Lord and Savior. We still got to do all the other steps. We too, we too moves away from being out the kingdom ourselves. So that should keep us humble, right? We gotta, um, we gotta keep us ourselves humble at all times. Okay. Thank y'all for that. I appreciate the conversation and the, and the conviction. Okay. So <clears throat> I was reading through my Bible and there's about five ways that we get to know Jesus personally. Okay. And I thought that this was really good. So I was like, you know what, let me just read this, uh, read this for you guys. So it says, God wants each of us to experience a life that is meaning, that has meaning, direction, love, and peace. God makes this kind of life possible through the personal relationship with the son, Jesus Christ, with his son, Jesus Christ. But before you accept Jesus Christ as your savior, here are five truths that will help you understand God's desire for your life. Ready? All right. So this comes from John 3 and 27. It says, God has a plan for your life. No one can receive anything unless God gives it from heaven. John 3 and 27 it says, God created you, <clears throat> you as his good plan. Oh, excuse me. God created you and has good plans for your life. To know those plans, you must know God personally. So when people are like, I know what I want to do in my life, but they don't know God. That's what they want to do. Remember, we want to make sure that we are surrendering. We're dying to ourselves. We're surrendering what we want and saying, God, whatever you want for our lives or whatever you want for my life, I'm willing to follow you. Make me like a child and let me follow you. So sometimes that's stripping away everything you used to want, every desire, even putting a, aside some of your gifts just to see, strip it away and to see what God has called you to be. And what you'll notice when you do that, a lot of desires you used to have or some goals or some maybe even bucket list items or some uh, career goals you no longer have. There's a lot of stuff that I no longer even care about. What book are you reading from, please? This is from my Bible. And you know, my handy dandy. Um, that was verse John 3 and 27. But this book is my Bible. That's what I'm reading from. Okay. So know what God, God's plans for you, right? John 3 and 27, God has created you and has good plans for your life. To know those plans, you must know God personally. That means conver conversing with God, having conversations with Jesus Christ, uh, asking him to guide your steps. And then I will say this because this was interesting. I learned this from Devon Franklin, right? You make, you can make some plans and it's okay. Even though people always like to come to that verse, Make plans and God laughs. Well, he laughs because he knows that he has either something greater for you or sometimes we're going in the wrong direction or whatever. But if it is truly what is meant for you, if you work hard towards it, God will make a way if it's meant for you, right? If you have plans and you work hard towards them and God is closing doors in that direction, that means you may just need to pivot. But it does not in any way mean that we're not supposed to take action. We're not supposed to continue and move forward and ensure that we are doing our job and our part, right? It's like dating. Um, as Christians, though, I will say, have some phone conversations first. And I know this is a broken record for some folks, but there are a few questions that we should be uh, asking first before we go embark on this journey with this person because we like them, right? You should be asking, are you a Christian, right? And let that person explain what that means. Some people will say, yes, but I'm not religious or yes, I don't go to church or whatever the case may be. And you decipher if that's something you can deal with or not. That's on everybody's different scale. Some people care. Some people don't. For me and mine, it's, it's a little different because I'm thinking about legacy. I'm thinking about my kids and, and things like that. So one, we should be asking, are you Christian? And then two, do you go to church? If that matters to you, it matters to me because I like when a man is submitted to God and a pastor and things like that, or a prophet or uh, uh, whatever, um, because if he does not submit to God with his schedule, with his time, then I don't believe as myself as Brittany Daniel, I can submit to that man. That's me though. So it is up to you to figure that out for yourself. But those I believe are two questions that every Christian woman or Christian man should be asking before they even sit down at a dinner table to have a date. 
but that's my personal opinion, but teach their own. You do you. So that's the first thing. So God has a plan for your life. So the second thing is God's plan gives meaning. It says, Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will be, will never be thirsty. John 6 and 35. Many people seek the meaning and purpose of for their life, but they never find it because they are looking for meaning. They are looking for meaning in the wrong things and wrong people. You cannot find the meaning of your life in people and you cannot find the meaning of your life in things. You can enjoy people. You can enjoy things. And then when I say purpose too, um, you can find purpose in like your children and your husband and things like that. But so they said this says, but they never find it because they are looking for meaning in the wrong things and the wrong people. And so the way we discern and decide that is by praying and asking God, what should we do? And God will speak to you. He'll give you signs or however you communicate with God or however that relationship is most effective. God will get to you. But that only comes through that personal relationship. Right. And you don't have to. And let me just say this, too. You don't have to be a super Christian to have a relationship with God. You don't have to have every Bible verse, you know, memorized. You could be on day one, day five, day 50, day 567. It's just about having that relationship with God. So that because that's personal, that's spiritual. You know, that's outside of the text. The text keeps us on the straight and narrow, but that relationship can be outside of any type of religious space. Okay. When you follow God's plan for your life, the most important of which is to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you will find meaning and purpose in all that you do. I can say for myself, I have found so much purpose in the church. I used to be like, I'm not volunteering no more. I'm not doing this. I'm going to go to church, get what I need and dip. That was me. Being a part of the church that I'm a part of now, which is linked down below for you all to check out if you want. Um, I just find so much meaning more so and more enjoyment than I have in a long time. Because as a single woman who lives by herself, I don't get out much, right? And a lot of the things that my friends do I no longer really want to do anymore. I used to, I used to be okay with turning up and doing all, I don't really care about doing that no more. I just grown out of it. And if you're still in that phase, if you're in your younger twenties, God understands, God understands. I'm not, wait, 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 let me say, let me not, let me, let me hold, on, hold on, hold on. Let me not speak for God. Not speaking for God, strike that, reverse it. Um, what I am saying is God kept me even when I was in the world. I'll just leave that there. So if you're young and you're struggling, don't beat yourself up. Um, you know, I, I believe people go off in the world. They experience things and they come back and they whatever. I don't know. That was my life. I'm not saying that that was the right way. I'm not saying that that's what you should do. You have to discern where you are in your spiritual walk with God and what he's calling you away from. And, to, and so don't 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 be like, well, Brittany did it so I can do it. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. Because I don't want to lead you astray or say the wrong thing. But I will say that uh, God is very intelligent and he knows your walk and he knows uh, the obstacles and things that you have. But that doesn't mean to go frolic and sin. <laughs> Let me just say that. Right. But let's read this. So it says God's plan gives direction. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness. Because you will have a light that leads your life. That's John 8 and 12. With, without God's direction, you may not know which, what to do with your life. You may try a lot of things, hoping to find meaning in each, in each one. But if you have God in your life, he will lead you and show you how to, excuse me. He will show, he will lead you and show you how to make your life count for him and his kingdom. So if you have God in your life, he will lead you and show you how to make your life count for him and his kingdom. Okay. So your direction comes from God. If you are at any time lost, that is something that you should pray on. And then look at your gifts. Look at what God has already naturally placed you on the inside.
at all, Shan. Where is she? I'm in my late 20s. No, you're not. <laughs> you're still in your early 20s. Uh, but you're married. And I think that that's a beautiful thing. I think it's beautiful that you found your husband at a young age. Uh, you have saved yourself from a lot of strife, heartbreak, and all of the above. Um, but God has a plan for your life. God gives your life meaning and God gives your life direction. Without God, y'all, we cannot figure those things out properly. Now you can think you want to do certain things, but God, God is is the is knowing of all that. But look at your gifts. <clears throat> what does God naturally bless you with? <clears throat> and for anybody that doesn't know, your gifts are things that come naturally to you. And a lot of people overlook their gifts because they feel like it's easy. Like some people, um, and some people overthink their gifts, right? No, you don't have to go to a fancy school to be gifted at something. No, you don't have to you know, know all of these things. However, you should cultivate your gift, right? So say if God gave you the gift of cooking, cooking comes naturally to you and say you want to use your gift to glorify God through maybe a business, or maybe you feel like that's something that you are called to do. Uh, maybe, maybe you're supposed to be called to do it in church. Maybe you're supposed to be called to do it outside of church. Cultivate that gift. Maybe you go to school. Maybe you watch some YouTube videos. And you go to YouTube university. Maybe you're supposed to hone on your gifts. Maybe you're supposed to give plates away to the homeless. Maybe you're supposed to, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe you just never know, right? Um, but ask God for that direction. Ask God what you're meant to do. Tap into yourself. The kingdom of heaven is already in you, right? So tap in and go deep and see, okay, well, what God, what is God already naturally giving, given me? Did he give you the gift of love? Of, of empathy. Did he give you, and a lot of empathetic people should be like therapists, psychologists, um, maybe even ministers or, or things like that. And don't think every single gift that you're given is supposed to be used in the church. If you can use it for the church, that is wonderful. Do that. Right. But every single thing may not be in the church, but it still can be used to glorify God. Your gifts are only here to glorify God, not your life. Not to only make you a million million dollars. Good morning, Percy. Um, there are script, yeah, there are scriptures about gifts. We've read those before. And think about it. If you have you might have a gift of teaching, you may have a gift of speaking. Um, for me, that's one of my gifts. And and he gives you many gifts, at least in my opinion, because I have several. But one of my gifts is speaking. Like this never made me nervous. Uh getting up in front of a crowd, like I used to I aced speech class. Speech class came so easy to me. I I, didn't, I could give a speech in front of a room full of people. The bigger, the better, right? One of my biggest dreams is to, like to be in an arena and and doing like a, a speech or something like that. Like that would just make my day. The bigger the the bigger the audience, the better. Uh, I love it. I don't know why. I have no clue. Never been scared of a stage. Never been scared of an audience. Will I get a little nervous? Yeah, depending on the size and what I'm talking about. But I, I love it. I love being on panels. I love speaking to people. I love doing this. Does that make sense? So you have to figure out what that naturally is to you. For some people, that would freak them out, scare them to death. They couldn't do it if you paid them a million dollars. So you have to figure out. Some people have the gift of vote, voice. That is not my ministry. <laughs> that is not the gift God gave me. God did not tell me to go make an album. Okay. God did not tell me to go be a musical artist. He did not say, go sing to my people. He said, talk to them. <laughs> God told me to talk to them. So tap into your gifts. What did God place naturally on the inside of you? <clears throat> uh, number four, God's plan brings peace. I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give you is a gift, gift the world cannot give. So you are the only one that can give this gift. And the reason why you're the only one is because God made you uniquely you. So Percy has a different gift than Sheamber. Sheamber has a different gift than Vesser. Vesser has the, a different gift than Alexandra. And even if you guys had the same gift, Percy's going to deliver it differently than Sheamber. Sheamber is going to deliver it differently than Shirley. Everybody's personality, God has created you unique in design. Just like nobody has the same fingerprints, nobody has the same personality. Somebody can look just like you and y'all two different people. You, we see that all the time with twins. You see that all the time when people being raised in the same household turn out 100% different, right? So 
It says, I am leaving you with a gift, a peace of mind and heart. And the peace and the peace I give you is a gift the world cannot give. Also, the world can't give you peace. Only God can. Okay, if you go out in the world searching for your peace, good luck. It says, so don't be troubled or afraid. John 14 and 27. When you follow Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, <clears throat> you will be at peace with God. You will also be filled with God's peace, which is so true. So when trouble comes, you will be able to have peace as you endure hardships. The great thing, the greatest thing about having or knowing God and having a relationship with God is when you are going through something, you just praise him anyway. God, I know I'm going through this and this isn't the best feeling in the world, but I know you're in control. I know you have my best interest at heart. I know I can do anything through Christ who strengthens me. So I'm good. That's the most beautiful, one of the most beautiful aspects of having a relationship with God and Jesus is that when times do hit, when things are trouble, your money can be low. You can lose your job. You, your, boo, your boo could leave you or you can walk away from a relationship that you love. And you can turn to God and say, I am grateful in this time because I know you have something better for me. This is not my end all be all. Um, I know that there is more on the other side. I just have to do my part and be patient and wait on you. And you got it. And if I'm having a hard time, I lean on Jesus Christ and, and he strengthens me. That's the beautiful thing. And I want to say this. If you are going through it right now or you recently had a breakup, or you recently lost your job or quit a job or whatever the case may be, and you're going back and forth like, oh, should I have done that? What, was, I, was it the right thing? If that was not God's best for you, you did the right thing. It's over for a reason. Sometimes we will get hung up on relationships and experiences and be so distraught that something didn't work out or so pained that we liked that person so much and we connected with them and this and this and this and this and this and this, right? Ask yourself, was that God's best for me? Nine times out of 10, you're going to say no. So if it was not God's best for you, there's more out there. There's better out there. And don't let the world fear monger you and making you feel like, girl, ain't no other good men out there. So you better keep the little joker you got because now, if you're married, I'm not talking to you. <laughs> if you're married and you're not being beat and and, and mistreated and, and all of these things, I'm not talking, you know, that's that's different. Go, you know, handle that with God. But if you are single or you are fianced up or whatever the case may be, if something were to happen or somebody you're dating that you really like ends up, it not works out. It's like, oh, my gosh, this is like the fifth one that didn't work out. Uh, you're young. It'll be OK. One day your heart will mend, I promise you, and this will be a distant memory. And just remind yourself that this may not have been God's best. I'm able to be so much more peaceful with my decisions because I'm like, no, that was not God's best. And the better you become, the more and better people you attract. Right? The, the level of, of esteem, self-love, God-filled love that I have now, I'm going to attract different people moving forward. I have attracted different people moving forward. And not to say that there's anything wrong with people that I've dated in my past. Love them to pieces. They're amazing people. I've never dated crabby people. And you should never date crabby people. But the thing is, is if something is over or something is gone or it's whatever the case may be, and God did not put it back together for you, ask yourself, was that God's best? And if the answer is no, it's okay. Move on. Um, but don't don't torture yourself. Shoulda, coulda, woulda in yourself to death. Um, shoulda, coulda, woulda in yourself to death. You know what I mean? Yeah, some some stuff I'm saying to the single folks. I ain't talking to y'all married folks, and it ain't none of my business. That's between you and God. <laughs> I ain't talking to the married folks. I'm talking to my single people. Uh, okay, so last one. It says God's plan is for you to live with Him in heaven. It says, for God loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son so that everyone who believed in him will not perish, but have eternal life or everlasting life. And that's John 3 and 16. Before Adam and Eve sinned in Genesis 3, they had a good relationship with God. Therefore, they were not ashamed to come to God 
to God in his presence, right? But after they sinned, their relationship with God changed and they were ashamed to come to God in their physical presence, in God's physical presence. Let me tell y'all this too. That's a big reason why a lot of people don't want to come to God is they are so ashamed of the things that they've done. Like, how can God love me? I've done all of these horrible things. God loves you through all of that. God will always keep an open door for you. There is no sin too great. There is no, there's nothing too nasty. There's nothing too, we're all God's children. God loves us all. So the door to God is always open. And also God sees and knows all. He's omnipresent. He's he's all knowing. So everywhere you go, he's with you and with every single person on the planet, if you allow him to be right. So don't ever feel like because you've sinned, you can't go to God. Just because you've done a horrible thing does not mean that you can't go to God, that God won't love you, that he won't be there for you, that he won't open his arms to you. But in the relationship, then change has to happen, right? Like if I'm single and I'm in a relationship, I can't do single things in order to keep my relationship on the up and up, right? If I want a monogamous, loving, God-filled relationship, I can't be in the world acting like I'm single and doing single things and not honoring my relationship. Same thing with God, right? Not to say that he won't love you. You can still love someone, but don't like what they do. So as you get closer to him and you've acknowledged and we'll get to that in a second. The relationship must, you must change in order to maintain the relationship. That's how it works. But that's how it works with every relationship. When you're working for someone, you can't be out there just doing what you willy nilly. That's the thing. We want, we don't want, we don't want religious rules, but we will accept rules for everything else in our lives. And that's something else you guys can point out maybe when you're having conversations. I don't want to do that because I don't want to. Well, don't you have to change up who you are when you're in a relationship? Don't you have to change who you are when you go into a courthouse? Don't you have to change up who you are when you go and enter a production studio? When you're on set at a production studio, you can't. I don't care how loud you want to be. I don't care how boisterous you are. You cannot be that person on a production set. You cannot be that person in a courtroom. It's interesting how we like to pick and choose, but it says, but after I'm going to read this, I'm going to read your comments. Okay, guys, I got you. All right. So um, it says, therefore, they are not ashamed to come to God's presence. It says, but after they sinned, their relationship with God changed and they were ashamed to come to God into God's physical presence. Sin has separated them and the entire human race, including you from God right? That's what keeps us away from God is our sin. But God did not want sin to keep people from having a relationship with him. So he provided a way in which people could be cleansed of their sin and live with him in heaven forever. He gave his holy, he gave his only son, Jesus, as a perfect payment for everyone's sin. So through Jesus Christ. So think about sin as a weight, right? So say if we're Say if God is like, um, say God is a feather, right? And we're feathers. And the way that we can be with God, that's not even a good uh, analogy. Yeah, we'll just say feathers. This is a hypothetical, so go with me. I'm not saying that God is a feather, so don't be going around saying, this girl's crazy. She said God is a feather. No, um, this is an analogy. Y'all are intelligent people. Rock with me. Say God is a feather and you are a feather. And feathers float, right? Feathers float, they breeze through the wind, and God is without sin, so his feather floats freely, right? But when we sin, sin is a weight, and it weighs us down, right? And it weighs us down, and it weighs us down, and it weighs us down, and it weighs us down. We are not, we are no longer free floating. Does that make sense when we have sin on us? Because it weighs us down, it keeps us further from God. So that's what it is. And when we are without sin, when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we repent. We ask for forgiveness, wholehearted forgiveness. Then we can then float and be lifted from our sin. The sin is like a weight. And, and the more that we sin and the more that we're in the world and we do what we want to do in sin, we get farther away from God. But God allows us to lift those weights right off the feather by 
accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. So let me read two more things and then I'm going to go to the comments. Recognize that you are a sinner for everyone has sinned and we all fall short of God, God's glorious standard. Romans 3 and 23. As scripture says, no one, no one, re, no one is righteous, not even one. Romans 3 and 10. Because everyone is a sinner, no one deserves eternal life with God in heaven. In addition, no one can work hard enough to earn this life because we're so we're so human, right? Instead, God gives us God gives eternal life to everyone who believes in Jesus Christ as his son. Before you can uh, can appreciate what Jesus has done for you, you need to recognize that you are a sinner in need of God's forgiveness. If you never acknowledge this, you will never receive God's forgiveness for your sins and you will never enter into heaven. So all it is is just being um, being humble. Just being humble and saying, you know what, God, I'm a sinner because we all sin. Heck, are your thoughts can make you sin. I'll be talking about people in my head. I'll be like, Lord, rebuke it. Lord, forgive me, please. And Father, name. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're we've been so into the world and indoctrinated and all of this stuff that we are sinners. Just humble. We're supposed to humble ourselves and ask for God's forgiveness and acknowledge that we are sinners. And then it says, ask Jesus Christ to forgive you. It says, yet now he is in he has encounseled you to himself through the death of Jesus Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence. And you are holy and blameless as you you stand before him without a single flaw. Corinthians uh, 1 and 22. If you recognize that you are a sinner and that you may be ready to ask for Jesus to forgive you, don't believe that Jesus is an eternal. Do you believe that Jesus is the eternal son of God who died to pay for our, for your sins? And if you, if you do... <clears throat> Okay, and if you do, have you thanked Jesus Christ for dying for you and asking him right now in this simple prayer? So it's saying that if you've never done this, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you never asked for God, uh, Jesus for, for, for forgiveness and to acknowledge that uh, Jesus is the way and thank him for the ultimate sacrifice that he's made for us. And it says, the Lord, I, it says, pray this. Lord, I thank you for praying or for paying for my sins I have committed and I give I give my life to you. Teach me the right way to live. Amen. And then it talks about turning away from sin. Last one. Those who have been born into God's family do not sin because God's life is in them. So they can't keep on sinning. Remember, we talked about this because they are children of God. One John three and nine as Christians. As a Christian, you may sin from time to time, but you should not continue to live a sinful lifestyle. Putting your life, putting your faith into Jesus means that you will live. Oh, excuse me. Putting your life, putting your faith into Jesus means that you will you willingly turn away from your old sinful nature. And it also means that you are living to please God. You can live to please God by obeying the commandments that he has given everyone in the Bible. And if you obey God, you will be sure to be, you'll be sure that you are a Christian and will be, will one day have eternal life in heaven. My bad, y'all. So that's knowing God personally. So let's just read this down before I get into the comments. It says, God has a plan for your life. God, God plans, God's plan gives meaning. God's plan gives direction. God's plan brings peace. God's plan is for you to live with him in heaven. And then also recognize that you are a sinner. Ask Jesus to forgive you and then turn away from sin. Dum, dum, dum. All right. So let me go into these comments really quick. Y'all was just talking away. Let's see. Vesser, hush. I am in this is ministry. <laughs> Alexandra says, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Um let's see, there's a scripture about gifts. Yep. 
Good morning. I said good morning, Percy. Vester says her spiritual gifts is encouraging. That is awesome. Or maybe she said this is encouraging. I don't know. Alexandra says I should I should use my gifts more. Absolutely. Serving. Everyone can serve. Everyone can serve. If you don't know uh, where you should start serving, serve. Vester says you should be in ministry. This is ministry. All ministry is is telling people about God. That's really all ministry is. Telling people and teaching them about God. So I am in ministry, I guess. If that's, yeah, that is it. And then Shirley says the gifts work different for God. Not necessarily. It depends on your spiritual gift. So say, I'll give you a perfect example. So Devon Franklin, I love Devon Franklin. Devon Franklin, although he knows how to preach, that is one of his gifts. He does preach, but he's not a pastor, right? He uses his gifts in Hollywood to make and connect uh, believers to filmmaking, right? And he is a producer. So it depends on what God has called your gift to be. Um, but no, gifts are for the world. Gifts are God's given talents that he places on the inside of you for the world. Our gifts are not for God, so to speak. We use our gifts to serve God. There we go. We use our gifts to serve God. So yes, they are for God, but we are you supposed to use our gifts for the world. The world cannot give you peace. The world can take it away. Yeah. Um, can take it away. Absolutely. Shirley says, praise God, all things and always. Yep. Uh, Rhea Rhea says, yes, that having peace even through a storm. Absolutely. Brandy says, this is why, this is what I say. God always has something better for you. Absolutely. Let's see. Percy says, hey, Brittany, you're speaking on gifts. Can a person have a gift that is behind the scenes, but want, yeah, uh, but want a gift that's front and center? I say this because at my church, everyone wants to preach. No, Everybody should be in alignment with their gift. Every gift isn't supposed to be front and center. And also everybody should go through a season of service before they're put in front. Like you shouldn't, you should serve before you preach. Cause it's a long, it's a long journey to be a servant of God. Right. And we have to know how to serve. We definitely have to know how to serve. That is first and foremost. Um, but yes, your gifts can definitely be behind the scenes. And if you are a person that wants to be front and center, ask why. And ask them why. Say, okay, you want to preach, but why? Because I feel that I, and I, 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 if it's filled with ego, that's not of God. Most people who are front and center really don't want to be front and center. A lot of preachers are introverts. Like they don't like my apostle don't like, you know, he's friendly, but he's not a, you know, um, so we just got to make sure when we're, we're thinking about our gifts, that our gifts are not ego filled because if they're ego filled, that's depending on the gift and depending on you. And that's why you have to know God for yourself. Cause I can't speak on how God called other people. Some God, sometimes God makes people very, very confident for a reason. Um, but they only, they, they know that. Yes, people ju uh, judge themselves more than God. Yeah, we ain't supposed to judge ourselves as much either. We're supposed to hold ourselves accountable, but not judge ourselves. Uh, Vesser says, we don't think about eternal life enough. This is not our home. People think that we are here forever, but we are not. Absolutely. That's why we're not supposed to store our treasures here. Because our treasures will stay here and we're going to be gone. Um, Vesser says, his parable about the prodigal son uh, speaks about that too. Oh yeah. Like going away and coming back. But yeah, the prodigal son though also spent his inheritance. Hmm. Uh, Shirley says, and sometimes people feel that they have to give themselves right before they come to God. Oh, right. Oh, they have to get themselves right before they come to God, but we can't do that. 
You have to start a relationship with God and it will draw us closer to him. Yeah. So if anybody's out there that feels like, well, I have to be perfect before I go to God. No, you don't. He already knows. He knows everything. He knows every spot, every wrinkle, every sin, every, you do not have to be, um, you do not have to be like on the straight and narrow to come to God. God will keep you on the straight and narrow. Let me tell you what, because if your relationship and you're talking to him, he will start, the Holy Spirit will start convicting you when you're doing stuff you ain't supposed to do. So you don't have to worry. Don't worry about being perfect. Thank you for saying that, um, Shirley. You do not have to be perfect to come to God. Believe me, I was not. I'm still not. I'm not perfect at all. I still every day have to ask God for forgiveness for something I didn't thought about or said, especially on the highway. Like idiot is, is my, I have to get that out of my vocabulary. And I'm working on that because God does not want us to call each other stupid or idiots. And on the highway, that is my number one sin is by me calling somebody an idiot because of how they drive. And I'm really working on that. <laughs> so, and some people are like, oh, that's so small, but no sin is greater than the other y'all. So I am not perfect. I am working on myself each and every day. You do not have to be perfect to come to God. You do not have to be perfect to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You come as you are. No matter what you've done, he is always here to love you and accept you. But once you do accept him and once you do establish that relationship, then we start, we have to change. <clears throat> um, Rachel says, uh, Rachelton says, Brittany, we must learn how to communicate the way, the, that way to maintain a church. Absolutely. We have to talk to each other good in church. We have to make a church pleasant experience. We should not be gossiping in church. We should not be talking about what done happened and who did what. And no, that's why I love my church. My church is so nice. Love my church. To let him know the reason why I maintain God's teaching, I tell him we have to pray. Love that. All right, y'all are talking to each other. Love to see it. Elle says, when I was at my old church, I started off serving in the on the cleaning ministry until I found my place in the church. I love that. I actually like the cleaning ministry. We call it beautification at my church. I actually don't mind because I'm like, oh, I'm cleaning so people can enjoy a clean space. And I'm trying to get the youth to understand, hey, we got to keep the space clean, y'all. I love that. Uh, Tansy says, hey, Tansy, what do you do if you don't? know what your gifts are, pray about it. Pray and ask God to release and reveal your gifts. And then start taking account in your life on what you do naturally. You're probably overlooking your gifts. And then also see what people say your gifts are. Like, what do I do good? Ask yourself, what do I do good that comes easy to me that does not come easy for everybody else? Maybe you draw. Maybe you sing. Maybe you speak. Maybe you... Maybe you just know things. Maybe you're wise. Maybe you have the biggest heart in the world and you're the nicest person anybody knows. That is a gift. Everybody doesn't walk around. I'm pessimistic by nature. I have to work overtime to be optimistic. Maybe you're an optimist. Maybe everything, maybe you are full of joy and laughter. I have a homegirl. Everything is funny to her. I'm like, dang, I wish I could bottle that joy up and take that with me. I have to work overtime to be joyous. That is not a gift that I have. So you might be overlooking it. So I would pray about it, ask God to reveal it, and then take time and study yourself. Y'all, God made us. We did not make us. So we have to figure out who we are through God. Oh, I if you have anything specifically, Stacy, that we, you want us to pray for, let us know. You all keep uh, Stacy in your prayers. Keep Stacy in your prayers. Yeah, he knows everything. Ain't nothing to hide from God. He know everything. So don't be ashamed. Ain't no point of being ashamed with God. You might as well just spill the tea. He already knows. Talking about spill the tea. He already knows the tea. He already knows what you need to work on. He already knows. Um, Does your church stream tonight for Bible study? It does. Bible study is tonight at my church. We will be streaming on YouTube. The link is down below to go to our church's YouTube channel. Um, so tap in, tune in, but yes, we will be live for Bible. And I wish y'all could, I wish y'all could hear how it is in real life because how it is on the playback, it, it sounds way more grandiose in the, in the sanctuary. So yes. Um, yes, you guys make sure you guys pray for Stacy. Make sure you guys, uh, 
keep loving on each other and, and praying for each other. But I hope you guys have a beautiful, blessed day. Oh, wait, before we go, I have two announcements. So my church is having a, well, not my church. Our pastor, Stephanie, is having a conference. If you are in the Atlanta area, tomorrow I will put the conference link in the bio. Um, I will be posting it on my Instagram as well, but it's the Purpose Journey Conference. It is from the 17th through 19th. The first day is streamed. Uh, is streamed, but the other days are in person. And it is at our church location. So I will be posting it on my Instagram. Make sure you guys check that out. And I have a, I will be speaking on the 12th. What day is that? At a conference as well in Atlanta. Yes, I'll be speaking next Saturday and I will have all of the details on my Instagram as well. So you guys be on the lookout for that. I'll have the links for both in the description. If you guys are in Atlanta, would love to see you, would love to meet you. Come out, support, uh, buy a ticket. Or if you know somebody in Atlanta, buy a ticket for them if you cannot come in person. But you guys have a beautiful, beautiful, blessed day. And I will catch you guys tomorrow. Happy Wednesday. Happy hump day. I hope you guys have a beautiful one. Uh, please pray for me. Praying for wisdom through the Holy Spirit to fill me with wisdom. Absolutely, Cloud. I wish I knew your real name. Um, but yes, you guys, continue to pray. Pray for each other. Have a beautiful, beautiful, blessed day. And you guys have a great one. Bye, y'all.